but I understand I'm not going to be moved by what I see and by what I feel. I really, really understood that day. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you, Jesus. I'm healed. Faith won't work in an unforgiving heart. There is a connection between forgiving and receiving your healing. Today is your day to be healed, whole, and set free. Join Kenneth Copeland for today's Believer's Voice of Victory. Jesus is the healer. Now, look at the 90th Psalm. Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth, or ever Thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting Thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction and say, Return, the children of, return ye children of men, for a thousand years in Thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past and as a watch in the night. Thou carest them away as with a flood. They are as... They are as a sleep in the morning. They are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourishes, grows up, and in the evening it's cut down and withered. This is a, a prayer and a lamenting of, of Moses. We're consumed by thine anger and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath, and we spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore and ten, and if by reason of strength, fourscore years, yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts as wisdom. That was never, ever, ever, ever intended to be the normal lifespan of a human being. They brought this curse on themselves. Those of you that, that have an amplified translation, not electronic, but paper, it'll, it'll have a note uh, under that song. Anybody have that here this morning? Yes, sir. Thank you. Let's see. No, this doesn't have the note. Uh, well, maybe it does. This psalm is credited to Moses, who is interceding with God to remove the curse which made it necessary for every Israelite over 20 years of age when they rebelled against God at Kadesh Barnea 
to die before reaching the promised land. Moses said most of them are dying at 70 years of age. This number has often been mistaken as a set span of life for all mankind. It was not intended to refer to anyone except those Israelites under the curse during that particular 40 years. 70 years never has been the average lifespan for humanity. When Jacob the, the father of the 12 tribes had reached 130. He complained that he had not attained the years of his immediate ancestors. In fact, Moses himself lived to be 120 years old, Aaron 123, Miriam several years older, Joshua 110. Note as well that in the millennium, a person dying at 100 will be thought as a child. Thank you, sir. The normal lifespan, God said, is 120. Medical science agrees. This physical body ought to last 120. It's not... I don't want to spend much time on this today, but... I, I, I want you to begin to meditate on that. Quit thinking about dying at 75, 80 years old. Stop that. Just stop thinking that way. Now, you, you have to meditate on it. You have to renew your mind to it because we've been surrounded by that all of our lives and we've watched people die. It's a big deal if somebody makes 100. Well, I want to tell you about a friend of mine, Charles Green, pastored for years in New Orleans, and he retired a few years ago and turned the, turned the uh, uh, church over to his, to his son, Michael. Charles is 11 years older than I am. And uh, going strong, he still, he still travels. Of course, he's not doing as much as he used to. But I want you to know Charles Green, will, he'll sail by a hundred like it wasn't even there. Wow. That's awesome. Amen. Amen. Strong. Just stand up and quote one Bible verse right after another. Remembers, remembers song lyrics. He just stand up there. I'm, George, how, how, many, how many songs do you suppose? He, he just stands up there in church at EMIC. He just stands up there and begin, he, he'll, he'll turn around the, to David and he'll say, uh, what key are you in? And David will tell him. He'll say, uh, 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 put, that, put that in F. And so David will go to the key of F and he'll just start. He'll say, let me teach you this one. And he'll just start. And he's 91 years old. He don't know it. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Be- begin, to, begin to meditate on these things. What am, what am I going to do? What am I going to be doing when I'm 85? What, what am I going to Let's see. Uh, Let's see, mama lived to be 74, 75. My grandmother, um, now, 
Well, let me use my own personal family. Let's see. Mama went home be with the Lord when she's 77. My grandfather was 74. My great-grandfather was 75. My great-uncle was 73. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my dad is 96. <laughs> I've already got a head start on this thing. You understand? <laughs> Glory to God. Okay. So what am I going to do, be doing? They, they went in their 70s. So I'm talking about you now. No, so, and, and you're, you're 45, okay? And, and what am I going to be doing when I'm 85? I sure ain't quitting. You kidding me? I ain't about to quit. Did you notice that the general idea in this country is that to with get one thing on your mind, retire. I got to work so hard so I can quit. Do you know the word retire is not in the Hebrew language? Why should you quit being a blessing to people? Don't plan on quitting. Now, you, 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 you may get done with that job in 35, 40 years. Hey, be a good steward before the Lord. Tithe, reap, and sow. Hey, just start another career. Hallelujah. Go another 30 years and retire again. Hallelujah. Start another career. <laughs> Amen. You be so rich by that time, you won't need another. Hallelujah. And so healed and so well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Turn with me now to Matthew chapter 9. We're going to look at the key issue to this. Matthew chapter 9. And hold your place there. And I want you to look at Mark 11 once more because I want to I show you something here. I didn't know this till I learned it from Brother Hagin. Mark 11 of course, as, we, as we've already seen from Thursday night, verily I say unto you, whosoever say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any. Now, just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Take a red pencil and mark every place where Jesus gave any hindrance to faith. That's the only one you'll find. 
unforgiveness. That's the hindrance. You remember when the scripture says um, that a husband and wife should stay in harmony lest their prayers be hindered. What hinders your prayer? Your faith won't work. Prayer don't make faith work. Faith makes prayer work. That's the one. If you're going to, if, if you're going, if you're going to be for sure about this, you're going to be committed to this, to long life. You have to deal with this one and you have to deal with it every day. It is not optional. It is a commandment. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. And the commander in chief, the Lord advocate general of the church has commanded this army to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself and love the brethren even as I have loved the brethren. Now that is not optional. Brother Copeland, I can't do that. Jesus didn't tell you to do something you can't do. You can't do it in yourself, but you're not in yourself. You're in Christ Jesus. You commit to it and he'll get in there with you. But get it right up on on top of your list. I, I insist on walking by love and I insist on living by faith. If you'll do that, everything's going to be all right. Because now God is obligated to you. If you won't, this is covenant affair. If you won't do your part of the covenant, he's not committed to you. He's committed to you in mercy. He's committed to you in all these things. But if you continue to break that commandment, you just stay in an area of trouble all the time. I want to take a moment and, and, and demonstrate something to you. Jesus said, narrow is the way. Broad is the path or the road to destruction. What is the narrow way? It's that love line. As long as you, you remember what you, you remember what the scripture said in First uh, John: "He that's born of God sinneth not; he keepeth himself, and that wicked one touches him not." That doesn't make sense until you realize what the book of First John is teaching you: that God is love, and we believe the love which He has for us. Amen. Trust that love. So he that is born of love sinneth not. He started that book in the first chapter. When you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Confess it. Get it out now. Don't don't wait and cry about it. Get it fixed. You're a soldier. You ain't got time to mess with this. So you're on that love line. The, all this out here is the curse. Satan is just, just itching for a chance. Mark chapter four, so are souls of word. These are the way that, by the wayside, where the word is sown. 
75 percent of them let the devil steal the word out of them. What was the first one? Being offended. So you're on that love walk. You take a step out here. Whoa. Don't, don't, no, get, no. Get, you don't touch me, Satan. And you don't touch my household and you don't touch my family. And this body is holy. You don't touch it. I have, I, I have done my, uh, my reasonable service and I have offered this body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable by my God. Amen. Stay on that love wall. Stay in faith. Faith worketh by love. No love, no faith, no faith, no grace. Do you see it? You get it? Stay on that love line. You get mad and shoot your mouth off, slap your jaws and quit it. <laughs> quit practicing that anger. Start practicing love. And, and who, who, <laughs> I used to hear the Lord say, don't get mad, fix it. Yes. <laughs> He'd say, shut up, Kenna. Fix it. <laughs> fix it. You have to practice his presence. Talk to him personally. He's right there. I'm Maureen Brown. I'm from New York City. I'm a a vocal coach. I have a lot of students that are um, training to go into top schools for um, singing, acting. You know, I'm I'm very active. I've always been a a ballet dancer, tap jazz, you know, ever since I was a little girl. I was first diagnosed with fibroids in 2005. I had my first surgery then. Um, Another time I was already in my mid-30s. So the doctors, of course, you know, being the trained doctors that they are, you know, began sounding the alarm. And I had surgery for them to be removed. Um, And then, you know, every year, every yearly um, exam, you know, fibroids, fibroids, irregular menstrual cycles. I mean, honestly, honestly, those are the two words. What are you going to do about it when you're not, you know, you're getting up there? Um, 2013, I really began to feel a tremendous amount of pain when exercising. I mean, you could really feel it in my lower abdominal area. Um, You could feel it, but you could also see it. So, you know, with the Copelands, I really began to understand the healing, the words, the faith. But I began just to be steadfast in, you know, in, in healing scriptures. But, but I could feel them. I mean, they were there. I wouldn't be telling you the truth if I didn't say that it was daunting when you're, when you're speaking faith, and, but you're feeling it. Um, but one of the things for me is that I, I had to be quiet about it. I just, I just remained steadfast in, in praying over them, using the Lord's word for healing. In 2013, Maureen Brown had the second surgery to remove the fibroid tumors. She continued in the Word and attended the Believers' Conventions in Washington, D.C. for the next four years. Though the tumors did eventually return, Maureen continued to take hold of her healing. In 2017, she received clear direction from the Lord to attend the Southwest Believers' Convention on Friday evening in prayer. Maureen heard very specific instructions regarding the Saturday morning healing school service. All I heard was you have to be in the front row. 
It was that you have to be in the front row. And so the night before I got up, I mean, I think I was on line by 2.50, 3 o'clock. I was in the front row. I just felt so humbled watching everyone and and still knowing that, you know, my healing is somewhere at hand. Fibroid tumors are leaving right now, fibroids. Abdominal area, there's been such pain there. Irregular menstrual cycles are being healed right now. That's me. <laughs> you know, I shouted, and then he said it again, and then he looked right at me, and he said, the power, the power's on this woman. Bring her to me. Just fibroids? Yes. How long you had these? Yes. How long? 2005, I had surgery. But 2013, and next week, they, I have to go in for fibroids, and they're... The doctors can you are feel panicking. Them? I can't when I exercise, absolutely. You can feel them? I can't. Right now? Yes. It's interesting when Brother Copeland talks about what's in your heart, because I was so in the so used to saying, I feel them, I feel them, because <laughs> that's what I kept saying. You see what's it wrote, what's really, what's really in your spirit. Um, and then he said, are you sure? And I just stopped talking, and I started feeling, and I'm telling you, you can feel them. Yes. And they're still there. Yes. Are you sure? I'm positive. Check them. Oh, my God. What? Oh, my God. What? Flat. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody praise him. I've been... I'm partner with the Copelands. Of course, uh-huh. Since 2008, and I just, I pressed through. And I'm not, I do Miss Gloria's healing, and I came here for my five boys to heal. It's done. I'm not, it's done in the name of Jesus. Everything just came together in a kingdom way on August 5th. With, with, the, with the scriptures, with Sister Gloria saying for years that I've been watching, you have to take it. You have to take it. Brother Copeland saying, you know, not being embarrassed to understand the power that you have. And, and Billy Burke speaking over me. Went to the doctors. My one GYN called and said, normal. We don't see anything happening. We've done the test. I don't see anything. But I understand I'm not going to be moved by what I see and by what I feel. I really really understood that day. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you, Jesus. I'm healed. And that's, that's it. I'm not playing around. I'm with prophets. The Copelands are, they're prophets, and they're teaching me how to live, live a kingdom life on earth. And, and what they are doing and what they do absolutely transforms my life as a woman, as a kingdom daughter, financially, morally, ethically, politically. And I said, you know, God, I can't, I can't be ashamed. I'm going to take this healing. And I thank God I'm healed. And Jesus is Lord. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.